You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Which coast? Traveling east to west... Aaron Ladd. No, he did No. <laughs> Mark Gunnels. At the house on it. Chiefs coast to coast. <laughs> I was just scrolling down X and, and, and there was a post from you talking about NKC. I'm like, Mark's NKC? Bro, I literally told you on air. <laughs> I listen to you. I, I listen to you a lot on this show. Sometimes, apparently, not enough. Let me send this post out on next real quick. Chiefs uh, Coast to Coast episode seventy three. My goodness, what a time you got! You got here for the back end of this brutal weather we've been having. Yeah, um, I saw the high was ten today, and I guess that was a hot streak for you guys over the past uh, week or so. I think tomorrow's going to be like in the thirties. I think I saw that. Or was that the day after? One day this week I saw it was be thirty. It's like, oh wow, that's a big deal. If you had tickets to uh, the wild card game against the Dolphins, would you have gone? If if you had the ability to go, I know normally you're in LA, but if you would have had you know transportation, the ability to go, I'm um, even good seats, lower bowl. You know, I'm, I'm I'm giving you 50 50 yard line access to the. Fourth coldest game in NFL history, coldest game ever at kickoff at GHA Philadelphia has seen it. Would Mark Gunnels be be making a trip out to to the game? Yeah, under those circumstances, yeah, I would have went. Mm. Now there's there's no way I'm going and I'm sitting in the nosebleeds though. There's no way. <laughs> like 50 yard line, lower bowl. Yeah, I would have went. I would have went. It was funny because the whole week you could see people like start to evaluate and make their decisions and there was like people who were trying to get rid of tickets that like were starting to realize oh i'm not even going to get face value for these like i'm about to lose i'm not I, they went from like not to get face value to like i might not even be able to get rid of this ticket like like <laughs> they went from trying to sell a ticket just to give a ticket away i went to a uh ski store the day before okay. the game trying to get a uh, trying to get gear and the lady there said they had been busy as they ever been. The, the, the game was like their biggest seller with ski mask and goggles, the net gaiters, earmuffs, uh, people wearing the overalls and stuff like that. Like this was this was truly an experience. So how was your experience, Mr. Aaron Ladd? Well, let's preview first before we talk about the the coldest <laughs> game at Arrowhead Stadium. We'll, we'll we'll get into that in a moment. Appreciate y'all tapping in with us here on Chiefs Coast to Coast Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Mark Gunnels is in Kansas City. He didn't check in. He didn't check in first. He's lucky he's still he's lucky he's still, he even made it to the pod today. You know what I mean? <laughs> you you're lucky you even made it to be able to grace the mic today. You did not check in. You didn't let anybody know. This dude called me uh, some behind the scenes stuff. 
I guess he saw my story or whatever on Instagram and gave me a call. He was like, you're in town? You didn't check in? <laughs> so he was, he, went to, he was checking on my well-being to make sure I was okay because I didn't check in with him. I just want to make sure you know this is this is my territory now. Aaron Lads in Kansas City. Steven Serta's <laughs> behind the board. Episode 73. We'll recap the Kansas City Chiefs super wild card weekend win over the Miami Dolphins. The fourth coldest game in NFL history. I'll give my experience on that. We'll talk about another dominant performance for Kansas City's defense. Uh, we'll talk about the, the red zone woes for Kansas City's offense. And then let's give some flowers to Mark Gunnels. Let's give some flowers to Mark Gunnels. A much better showing in Vegas the last two weeks, including in Super Wild Card Weekend. He's going to keep that going into the divisional round as Patrick Mahomes prepares for his first, his first road playoff game. Uh, this upcoming Sunday in Orchard Park in uh, Western New York. Can't have Chiefs Coast to Coast without you, the family, the listeners, the audience. Appreciate y'all tapping in with us wherever you're listening. Uh, the voicemail line has been going crazy in the playoffs. We got three. I sort of said that these might be the best voicemails that we ever got. I, I can't argue with that. These Y'all are showing out in the, in the playoffs, man. I mean, you got to step your game up this time of the year, right? This is when the big players make big plays. So, that goes to the fans as well, man. They're coming through strong with the voicemails. 816-514-1267 is our voicemail line. One of our voicemails is from Atlanta, ironically, as, <laughs> as they look for a new is head coach. one of your people? Is your people? <laughs> it's not about you. Maybe. Maybe it's, maybe it's the reach. <laughs> Chiefs fans, Chiefs kingdom in Atlanta tapping in, so we'll get to that at the end of the show. Let's start off with our Chiefs recap. Chiefs recap. Twenty six seventeen, the final for the Chiefs as they advance past the Miami Dolphins. And yes, I'll say it again because I cannot say it enough. <laughs> Negative four at kickoff, Mark Gunnels. I thought when I, I thought as I was like being inside the stadium, or like press box, or like I like to do the arrival stuff. So even like in the tunnels beforehand, like I thought I'd be a, like as long as I'm away from the wind, I'd be all right. No, thirty minutes and my hands are are just hurting. Is brutally cold. I got the ski mask on. I got the hat. Two North Face coats on. I had layers. I had the heat warmers in in the feet. And and I want to shout out Chiefs Kingdom because they did show up for this one. No, it was not a sellout. And you don't have to paint it as that. But the crowd was loud. The crowd was into the game. I think the crowd also understood the moment and the magnitude of what was going on. Like, yeah, I think people aren't happy the Chiefs are the three seed this year, Mark. But in this situation, you had $35 playoff tickets to see Patrick Mahomes in this and I thought there was a nice crowd that showed up the day of the game. They were into the game, and I think they made an impact a couple of times, too, with the false start penalties and things we saw. Well, here's the thing about the crowd aspect of this. The fact that tickets were so cheap for a playoff game, even if it wasn't sold out, I think it kind of got offset because you're getting people that maybe aren't used to going to Chiefs game. This isn't crowd. the corporate crowd, not the corporate yeah, crowd. You're getting the real diehards that's been there since the 90s and the 80s. You know, they probably were complaining about, oh, the tickets are so high now because of Mahomes and all the Chiefs winning and stuff like that. So they are probably the people that you got in that stadium on Saturday night, which I think offsets, like you mentioned, not the corporate Chiefs fans. So 
I still think you got the full Arrowhead experience, even if, even if it wasn't 100% sold out because of that factor alone. And like you said, they understood the moment. They knew this was going to be a historical game, the fourth coldest game in NFL history, negative four degrees. Aaron Ladd is just – I don't know what he's doing right now thinking about that that cold weather. You know, he's just for a kid from Georgia. He's not used to that type of stuff. So all of these things are in, in this moment at that time. And then also, you know, you got a guy named Tyreek Hill returning the arrowhead for the first time as a visitor. So you add all that stuff together, and I think you get a really, really good, still vintage arrowhead type of atmosphere. This from Matt McMullen on Chiefs.com. The wind chill at kickoff was negative 27 degrees, marking it the third coldest in league history uh, behind only the 1981 AFC Championship game and then the Ice Bowl, of course. This is this is history that, that we witnessed. And one of the questions I tossed up to our panel on Sunday Sound off a show we do on KSHV 41 is like, do you think Miami's just ineptitude on offense was more so due to the cold weather or due to Kansas City's defense? I wonder what you think about that. Some really cool notes about the Chiefs' defense in this one, but none cooler than this, Mark. And then you can answer the question that we just started with. Uh, the Dolphins on offense didn't run a single play within the Chiefs' 25-yard line on Saturday. Whether you want to blame the cold, whether you want to say the Chiefs' defense, you know, strapped it up by their bootstraps and proved that they're once again one of the league's elite, this was an all-out meltdown from Tua and the Dolphins. Yeah, I think it's a mixture of both. But I'm going to obviously lean more towards the Chiefs' defense because we've seen these two teams play before in perfect conditions in Germany, and they only scored 14 points in that game. So I, I think you got to give the Chiefs' defense a lot of that credit, especially the back-end guys. You know, we keep talking about Legereus Sneed. You know, I know you saw that viral clip of him jamming up Tyreek. Tyreek was like, man, you jam my ass to Cancun. <laughs> Being a good I did see that. I did, yeah. I did see that. I mean, Waddle, I don't remember really hearing Waddle's name much, uh, to be honest with you, in that game. The run game was pretty much shut down. You know, A-Chain was a guy that wasn't there the first meeting, their rookie running back sensation, and he didn't do much of anything on Saturday night. So, yeah, I think it's definitely a mixture of both, though, but you have to lean more towards the Chiefs defense just being super, super sticky and stifling. Well, you brought it up, the the shove and the talk from Tyreek after, even the talk from Tyreek before, talking about I'm freezing my nuts off as he's walking into the stadium. I think he played up to it with the no sleeves. And even in the aftermath, right, for Tyreek Hill in this one, eight catch, or excuse me, eight targets, five catches, 62 yards, and, and the long touchdown. I, I, I think some of the stuff has been funny in the aftermath because we talked in the lead up and I even – had sort of used that as the premier clip for that episode. Like this game meant a lot, I think, for Tyreek. And like, I, I don't want to say he's downplaying it now in the in the aftermath, but maybe now he realizes that like the ultimate trade off I made for getting the max contract is maybe never winning a Super Bowl again or being on a team that is of the Chiefs caliber. I mean, what, what do you make of the jam I asked to Cancun and uh, like all the jokes he's been making on social media and like being light and fun with it. He's playing Fortnite now. Have you seen that? Uh, he was complaining about his Wi-Fi earlier today. 
So he's back on Fortnite playing online. The, with the, the schedule has opened up recently. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think there is some truth to what you said. I think it is a harsh reality for him as a competitor. Um, obviously, you know, when he first went down there, he was big enough to talking about he's the most accurate quarterback he's played with and things of that nature, just really, really bigging him up. But I, I think deep down inside, he, he sees when it gets down to these crunch moments because that's been the thing all year about Miami is they can't beat good teams. The only playoff team they beat, our team over 500, was the Cowboys, and that came out to the very, very last second. But outside of that, they've looked very pedestrian against the higher quality teams in this league. And then to lose to the Chiefs twice in one year, and both games really weren't even that close. I know the first game came out to the end, but the Chiefs were up 21 to nothing in that first game. Second yeah. half got a little weird there at the end, but you, I still never felt like they were going to win that game. And then obviously this, the most recent one on Saturday, it was complete domination from the beginning. I mean, the closest they got was when Tyree got that touchdown was 10 to seven. You're like, okay. But then the Chiefs came back down and scored and you're like, okay. You could you just never felt like Miami was really in it. You know, it was just complete domination especially starting up front on both sides of the ball. But back to Tyreek, though, I just think now he realizes, hey, I got my money. I'm living in Miami. I'm enjoying the lifestyle down there. I, I do got a ring already. So he does have that in his back pocket, <laughs> which I do think makes things a little easier for him. But at the same yeah. time, he definitely wants to beat the Chiefs just to kind of stick it to him. But it's kind of hard to do that anyway, because even if they did beat the Chiefs, the Chiefs already won a Super Bowl without you last year. So I feel like that kind of ruined the steam of the whole, like, you guys need me. How dare you trade me when they literally won the first year without you? It's kind of hard to come back from that. I uh, got a couple people chapping in in the chat right here. James Johnson Jr. says, what's up, fellas? We're making Buffalo burgers this Sunday. Daniel Berry is tapped in on YouTube as well. A couple more defensive notes. Then we're going to hear from Charles Amenahue. After this game, Kansas City held Miami's high-powered offense to one of 12 on third down and a season-low seven points. Uh, the Dolphins also were held to their lowest yards per play in that Frankfurt game, about five yards per play in that Frankfurt game, four and a half, 4.47 in this matchup on Saturday and Super Wildcard Weekend. Charles Amenehu was kind of quiet in this one, but has been a madman down the stretch and has been making a lot of plays that maybe don't appear on the stat sheet, but getting a lot of pressure as well. Talked with him about Kansas City moving on to the divisional round. I didn't join the team to go to the divisional round. I mean, that's that's just what we got to do. I joined the team to get to Vegas. Um, I've been to back-to-back -back, uh, NFC Championship games, so that's I want to get to the Super Bowl. So whatever I got to do to help this team do that, I'm going to do that. This from Seth Wadler, Walder, Wadler. Sorry, Seth. Highest pass rush win rates in the wild card round, regardless of alignment. Aiden Hutchinson, 33%. Charles Amenahue, 25%. Those are your top two uh, from the Super Wild Card weekend. Uh, defensive effort, not just confined to the Legereus Need Tyreek Hill thing, but they shut down the run game for, for Miami. That was the one thing that we were worried about. The cold conditions. McDaniel being able to like scheme up HN different ways. He didn't play in that matchup in Frankfurt. Like 
we were worried about what he could bring to their offense and what he could do for keeping Mahomes on the sideline, kind of controlling game script. And KC essentially shut them down. They averaged 135.8 yards per game on the ground during the regular season, and they only had 76 rushing yards, Mark, on Saturday. Yeah, and shout out to the linebackers as well. Willie Gay was flying around, sideline to sideline. Nick Bowden downhill, very physical in the middle of that defense. Drew Tranquil. I mean, all those guys got involved. And like you mentioned up front, I mean, Chris Jones, Amenahu, all those guys, Naughty, just really penetrating, winning at the line of scrimmage. And that's what it came down to. And, you know, we talked about how this Miami team obviously is not used to these conditions. And it's hard to hit when it's really cold like that, man. Do you really want to move grown men in, in negative temperatures? Like, do you really, really want to? And it just seemed like from the beginning that the Chiefs were obviously the more physical team on both sides of the ball, and especially on defense side of the ball, setting the tone, getting Miami off the field, getting off on third down, giving the ball back to Mahomes in that offense, and they were very efficient as well. I didn't even want to get on my phone in that weather. Because, you know, you got you get on your phone, you got to take the one glove off, then you're typing, oh, and then that. Once you take the glove off, the exposed skin is what kills you. Like, even, like, right here where my ski mask was, like, the, the eye slot, like, that's – we got to get you out of it next time, I think, is what, it is, is what I want to happen, essentially. <laughs> well, um, may have to wait till next year unless somehow there's an Arrowhead invitation in a couple weeks. We'll get to that a little bit later because Willie Gay sent out a message on X and I'm like, Willie, you you know, like you could still potentially have at that point, he could have still potentially had uh, two Arrowhead games, at least one. Right. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, did I see uh, you got fooled a little bit on that one. I did, too. But I, yeah, I saw you. No, wait, that, that's his real account. No, but I saw you. <laughs> I saw oh, you. I said it was fake at first. Yeah, yeah, you thought it was fake. At first. Yeah. I saw you. I caught you slacking. I caught you lacking. Uh, now you catch everything. After you called him Raheem Mustard last week, I was. I really wanted him to score in the game because I had some. I had some stuff queued up. I was ready. I had memes ready for Raheem Mustard if he got an end. I can't Chiefs blame you though. That account only had like one thousand followers. I'm yeah. like, really? But he just created a new account apparently. She's Coast to Coast, episode 73. One last point as we recap uh, the win over the Miami Dolphins. We'll we'll talk about the whole game. Um, The red zone woes, man. Two for six in the red zone. And really, it wasn't, you know, they get the second score kind of at the end of the game. Like, this reminded me of of the Bengals situation where it was like they were moving the ball so well in between the 20s. And then they got in the red zone and kind of like, spit up on themselves one thing that really pissed me off was the mccall hardman reverse on third and two or whatever that was i was yelling that to me was like you're getting too cute you're getting too cute this is a team with with geriatric defensive ends is what they were described to me as in the lead up (laughs) like they got third stringers and practice squad guys out there and we're, we're getting cute on third down. The play calling was part of it. The execution is just bad. I mean, like, if you want to – whoever you want to place blame on, coaching, players, execution, it, it's something that Kansas City's shown us. You know, the, the mental mistakes, the Jawan Taylor penalty that wipes away Rasheed Rice's second score of the day. 
eh, it, it just this is one of those things where going into Buffalo, it's like there are there are red flags still on Kansas City on the issues that they said they've been trying to fix since week two or week three. We're still here in early January seeing the same issues. Yeah, and on that McCall Hardman play, the thing that really frustrates me is that should have been four down territory. So it's third and two. Run the ball with Pacheco. If you don't get it, maybe it's like fourth and inches, fourth and one. Go for it. Like you go for it. Yeah. Like uh that that was the infuriating part for me. I know you've been a real proponent of the Chiefs should be more aggressive in those situations on fourth down as well. So why not treat that like four down territory anyway on a third and two? So that definitely was very frustrating. But yeah, the red zone woes definitely continue 100. percent There's no doubt about that. But I was thinking, and it really, it really had me wondering because this is really a, a popular topic amongst Chiefs Kingdom about they're gonna have to punch those in as touchdowns like when you play other teams and stuff like that. Do you really have to though? Absolutely. Do you though? Because we've seen absolutely. Teams, Are you kidding me? Come we've on, seen, dog. We've seen the Patriots win a Super Bowl winning 13 to 3 against the Rams. Like, and that Patriots offense is kind of similar to this Chiefs offense. It wasn't very explosive. They had Gronk. You got Kelsey. They won a Super Bowl on the strength of ball control, not turn the ball over, and defense. Why can't you why can't you win a Super Bowl like this? They still score 26 it, it, points. It's 26 points. It's not enough to win. What would worry me in that situation is the timing of it. So, like, if if you're like the Green Bay game, if you're playing a, a quarterback that gets up fourteen nothing quickly, and you're trading fourteen for three and six, like you're gonna get down. It, no, that, that you you gotta punch it in every time. Here, I'll give you a little bit more information before we hear from Creed Humphrey because he had an uncharacteristic bad snap that kind of ended one of those drives in the red zone. Here's four possessions for KC. And their last snaps in those four possessions against Miami. They ended at the Miami 10, the Miami 8, the Miami 48, which was a punt, and the Miami 14. So the 10, the 8, the 48, and the 14. They got nine points out of that. Three field goals and a punt. It's like at a certain point, somebody else is going to make you pay for that. Against a Miami and and Antua, who was freezing cold and really hasn't been able to put it together, and Spags is scheming up all types of different stuff that makes him hesitant and not want to throw the ball. Like, yeah, you can get away with getting inside the ten yard line in some cases, and, and not getting a touchdown. But like, they're good. There's going to become a point where you need you need seven on this play, and in those instances, since the start of the season, KC has not executed more often. Than they have. Oh, I thought you were going to the Creed sound, but um, yeah, we can let, let's go to the Creed sound real yeah, quickly because we are going long on this. Well, let, let's hear from Creed. He had a bad snap. He took accountability for it. Stalled out uh, in the red zone a few times again. Uh, we just got to execute better. Uh, you know, I know I had a low snap on one of those drives that you know cost us. I got to be better in that. And then, uh, yeah, it's just executing. Uh, we got to be able to do that. Uh, focus on the details when we get down there. Is it more comfortable? He actually said uh, he actually said the reason why the snap was bad. And this was pretty funny to me. Like nobody had been on that side of the field yet, or they there hadn't spent much time because obviously Miami wasn't on the twenty five yard line for KC. He said the ground. We that was his reason for the bad snap. I thought that was actually pretty funny. <laughs> 
But to my point, like, obviously, I want the Chiefs to score a touchdown every single time. That's not what I'm saying. But I was just wondering, because nobody's brought this up before, the way the defense is playing so well, even if you get three on these possessions, I feel like those points are still super valuable considering how good your defense is. Now, this, if this was like, like a defense in the past, like a normal Mahomes era defense, then I would be, I wouldn't even be bringing this up because they wouldn't even be in the playoffs right now, obviously. But I think if you get in that 24, 27 area, talking about the Chiefs offense, you should still yeah. win. They don't give up, they don't give up more than that. They haven't gave up 30 all year to anybody. So yeah, obviously I want touchdowns, but if you get the 24, 27 points and you kick a few field goals here and there, you still should win. Chiefs defense has allowed 20 or fewer points in 14 of 18 games so far this season, marking the most of any team in the league. I can't believe we've gone this far without talking about Rasheed Rice and his big breakout. And I don't even know if we can call it a big breakout, but when it's your first playoff game and you go out there and get 12 targets, catch eight of them for 130 yards and the score, it classifies as a breakout. I, I even saw where, I think Charles Goldman found this where Casey has moved him into the official wide receiver one portion of the depth chart. So like if anybody, if anybody is going to unopen this can take where it's like Rasheed Rice is the chief's number one option. Like, congrats. You got to the party four months late. Like he's the guy for them. He's the, the straw that stirs the drink for their offense. And a big reason why they were so successful in this game is his play. Yeah, and he's so good on those crossing crossing routes where he can have a full head of steam. I mean, he get, catches the ball and just goes. Like I said this before, there's just no hesitation at all. There's no trying to dance around. Like he catches it in stride too. Like him and Mahomes have a good chemistry. Like how, when have you seen them have like a miscommunication? I I don't remember. Maybe early in the year, like when he wasn't Rasheed Rice yet, but. It seems like now almost every target, they're they're on the same page where he can catch the ball in stride. It's not behind them, not too far ahead of them. It's just right there, perfectly in the bread basket. And he's getting a better understanding of the offense of where he needs to be, it seems, each and every week. And this staff obviously has confidence in him. I mean, his snap count, I think he has 61, which obviously was number one out of all the receivers on Saturday. So it's really a welcome sight to see because, man, I don't know where this offense will be without his development. I mean, it's actually scary to think about. <laughs> Is it possible that Matt Nagy has been listening to Chiefs Coast to Coast, Mark Gunnels? I wouldn't put it past. He seemed like a guy that listens to podcasts in his free time. I can see the that. Chiefs, the Chiefs opening drive. Pass intended for Kelsey. Pass intended for Rice. Kelsey catch, Pacheco run, Pacheco run. Kelsey catch, Pacheco run, Pacheco run. Bryce touchdown. <laughs> the big we've been we've been begging for this. This is almost like this is almost like when you play Madden and it's like, all right, <laughs> like I'm not even gonna mess around with like these ancillary guys. They didn't even make Justin Ross active. Kadarius Tony was inactive as well, right? We said it a couple weeks ago, man. I think this is a soft. I don't know if you can call it soft anymore. Benching of Kadarius Tony, and we said we're probably not gonna see him the rest of this season. And yeah, he's been practicing now, so they can't say the injury thing. I just think 
they're they're rolling with what they got right now. They don't take any risk. I mean, could you imagine just bringing Tony in off the bench cold and he drops the ball at least to a pick in Orchard Park Sunday? Chief, the Chiefs Twitter would lose their mind. <laughs> I think there's no way he plays the rest of this year. I can only imagine what you would say in that situation. <laughs> I can. I want to craft a post on X for you to just like <laughs> stir, stir Chiefs Twitter, or Chief. Dang it, Chiefs X. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else on this wild card game before we transition? I'm trying to scroll through the chat. Uh, let's see if anybody's talking wild card. Um, Harrison Bucker. Let's talk about him, man. I mean, yeah, it's another easy. perfection. Yeah, it's easy to kind of ignore him when he's doing everything he's supposed to do, but I feel like that's unfair to him because we only talk we only talk about him when he misses something. So, uh, you know, and people talk about how hard it is to kick a ball, especially in those conditions. It's like as hard as a rock, man. So, you know, just money, just perfect. It's you know, ho hum. Comes to work with his uh, lunch pail like Aaron Ladd with his hard hat on, and he's just perfect, man. So, and I have a weird feeling. I know we're gonna get into it, but he may be very valuable this Sunday. I'll say that. Butker is thirty-seven of thirty-nine on the year and has made all forty of his extra point tries. We kind of teased this a little bit earlier, but I thought it was interesting that Willie Gay went ahead and said, "It looks like I've probably played my last game at Arrowhead. Damn, I'm going to miss that place. Nothing like it. Let's go get this ring and end it the right way." We we kind of knew that there's going to be an odd man out in this linebacker room, but Willie's kind of putting it on the table that it's going to be him. He doesn't expect a deal back in the kingdom, which I thought was interesting to say to going into the divisional round like usually that's something you see like maybe afc championship weekend or or maybe like right before the super bowl obviously which is the last game of the year no matter what he's putting it out there early maybe obviously we'll dig more into like the actual like logistics of the room and the offseason and that kind of thing but you gave the linebackers some love for their performance in miami and i think they're going to be important in in buffalo as well considering how active their tight ends are yeah 100 percent. i just think it's pretty odd that he posted that right now because there's still a chance they could host the AFC championship game. If you win this week and if Houston beats Baltimore, you have your six straight arrow to invitational. So we'll see. Still a lot of football to be played, Willie. What's your uh <laughs> like what are the odds on that that you would like? I wonder how likely you think that scenario is playing out because Pete Sweeney, Chief Sweeney the one and only editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, floated that idea before the Steelers and Bills even played. He's like, oh, I don't think the Steelers are going to beat Buffalo. But so I think there's a lot of people that are eyeing that. Yeah, and I like the fact that that Houston-Baltimore game is on Saturday. So you can kind of already know your fate heading into Sunday. And you kind of just chill and watch that game, relaxed. Um, but – I wouldn't say it's likely. I mean, obviously, the Ravens, if you did power rankings right now, they're probably number one team in the NFL, especially since they beat the Niners in San Francisco on Christmas Day, pretty much handled them in that game. So you got to give them that nod right now as the favorite, I would say, to win the whole entire thing. But we've seen this team before. I know it's not the same team. That two weeks off is kind of weird, man. Like, they didn't play week 18. And they had the bye. That's a that's a long time without playing football. And the Houston Texans are hot. They basically have had two playoff games. Because don't forget, they had yeah, the win week 18 just to get in. 
against the Colts yeah. in Indianapolis. So they've been in playoff mode ever since the Ravens have been kicking their feet up. And they're a young team. C.J. Stroud is not your normal rookie. He's very poor. Playing with house money at this point. Yeah, you you know you love that house money. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> but understand, man, they're going to be loose. They're having fun. All the pressure's on Baltimore because they're in Super Bowl or bust territory. Houston's already well overachieved on the year. Nobody expected them to be this far at all before the year. They already even supposed to win eight games before the season. So the fact that they have a chance to go to the AFC title game is amazing if you're a Texans fan. You got CJ on a rookie contract, all that cap space. They're going to be a team to be reckoned with. They kind of give me Cincinnati vibes, man. I feel like this is going to be like the new Bengals, bro. Like that team that kind of comes out of nowhere. You kind of think they're cute and fun at first until they actually beat you. Then you're like, oh, okay, they're serious now. So we'll see. I mean, I'm picking Baltimore, obviously, but I wouldn't be shocked, though. I think Houston's going to make it close. You said the same thing about the Jaguars coming into this year, and they didn't even make the postseason. I did, man. I did. I did. I was way off on that one. Well, let's just say we know there will not be a rematch of Super Bowl 57 this year. That was something that was highly anticipated and speculated. What a collapse. That will not, that will not happen after the Philadelphia Eagles were beaten handily 32-9 to in Tampa Bay in Super Wild Card Weekend. Philadelphia 1-6 and down the stretch. That's the story here, right? They were 10-1 and at one point and didn't win a game for... <laughs> quite some time and their one win was against the giants what was their record since uh good old nick yelled at chiefs fans in the tunnel two and six since that moment don't mess with arrowhead man you know you had (laughs) darius slay doing the tomahawk chop nick seriani yelling at chiefs fans i don't hear you now chiefs fans well now you're at home congrats on your november super bowl philadelphia eagles I just knew you were gonna have fun with that. I, I knew you were gonna. Yeah. You are too. You posted. The, you posted the video last night. I saw that. Uh, well, look. I look. Uh, I mean, I have to post engaging content. That's what yeah. we do. And I think it's it's funny because the Chiefs have had these like little rivalries with so many teams, and Philly's kind of in that mix. I think there's mutual respect between the two fan bases, but that moment right there, and hey, there's speculation around that guy. I don't know if he's going to get fired. I could I could see some like changes happening on their staff because when you've collapsed the way they did, I mean, they didn't look like a team who wanted to compete in the second half against Tampa Bay, a team that was pretty much average as can be. Uh, I just think it's funny that these like little rivalries, you know, the Bengals rivalry, I think is much bigger, but this Philly rivalry I, I think that, that it still has like a little juice to it, uh, especially when I saw the reaction to their loss last night. Yeah, 100%. And shout out to Jason Kelsey, though, man. Yeah, for sure. A six-time All-Pro, obviously the brother of Travis. I think that's kind of where a lot of the mutual respect comes in. We know with the New Heights podcast, those guys being very entertaining and hilarious and things of that nature. So I do think – Chiefs Kingdom does have a lot of respect when it comes to Jason Kelsey. It's just unfortunate that their head coach had to do what he did. It kind of stained a lot of the good vibes or good feelings maybe you could have had towards the Eagles. Because, you know, speaking for me personally, I never had any disdain towards the Eagles. They're in the NFC. 
you know, we plan maybe once every four or five years. Andy Reid's former team. That the, the reason why you got Andy Reid. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, Andy Reid actually kind of liked them a little bit, you know, because they had Donovan McNabb back in the day, T.O. I was kind of a fan of those those teams from, from afar. So, but, you know, but he's just, he's too much, man. You know, just yelling at fans. And not just Chiefs fans. He's done it to other fan bases, too. Doesn't like a very um, – Remember, do you see the video? Remember the video on Super Bowl when uh he was like doing all that and Jalen Hurts put his hand down, like, hey, stop. Bro. <laughs> that's when that's when you should have knew that that locker room doesn't really like him like that. It's just that winning kind of mask, everything. Like Hurts looking at him like, bro, like you're being a kid right now. Like, calm down. So we'll see what happens with them. But shout out to Jason, though, man. Definitely a first ballot Hall of Famer for sure. See, I don't know if he's first ballot. I saw your post you about so? that. And CDOT kind of talked about that too. You don't think so? Offensive lineman getting into the into the uh into the hall. First ballot, that's kind of rare. But the situation that I think would actually be really cool, especially here in KC, is if he goes in with Travis. Like that would be especially considering like the game and what Donna Kelsey was around the game and how they've kind of intertwined their legacies together. I even reposted a video today. Uh, Travis giving love, saying that the whole reason why he wears 87 is because Jason was born in 1987 and started the whole family legacy of them playing in the National Football League. Like, I think that's the real cool thing that could potentially come, but there's still a lot to happen before that. But that would mean Travis got the tire at the same time, though, right? Well, you got five years after you after you hang it up. So let's say, you know, we know Travis is going to be first ballot. So does Travis play for two more years and Jason goes in on, on the second ballot He's, uh, or second a, or third. You see what I'm saying? saying? Okay. 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 It can align that way. Okay. I got you. Got you. I think that, I, I think that'd be cool. It, it, it's something that it, it would definitely put butts in the seats for sure. For that hall of fame game, which I'm sure will be on Peacock or Paramount <laughs> plus or something. By then. <laughs> It'll be on Aaron Ladd TV by then. <laughs> Let's get to the Chiefs preview. Stop it. Stop it. You can't do this. You can't escape. You can't make these plays. You can't make these throws. Come on, give us a sneak preview. Chiefs preview. Well, here it is. After so much speculation, when is it going to happen? When is Patrick Mahomes going to have to go on the road in the NFL playoffs? That is something that has been talked about. And I mean, that's chief lore. He may never have to do it. Mark Gunnels was still up late at night trying to figure out ways to tabulate and see if he could get the Steelers and maybe the, the game's not open. Mark, it's okay. And who would you, this is like, this is who you want it to be, right? Like we talk about the little the little legacies, like what better chapter to add after 13 seconds and the Kadarius Tony lining up in Kansas to then have Patrick Mahomes' first road playoff game be against Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. It'll be Sunday, 5:30 KC time on CBS here locally. Chiefs and Bills. What's your gut tell you just initially what's gonna be the difference? between these two teams on Sunday, Mark Gunnels? I'm going to say the middle of the field, talking about Buffalo's defense. 
their linebacking core is, is in shambles right now. I don't know if you've seen, but they got a lot of injuries, a lot of guys banged up. We'll, we'll know a lot more tomorrow and throughout the week. We look at the practice report and things of that nature, but I, I don't think they're going to be fully healthy regardless. Um, and I think that's going to be a big detriment to them. They're already without Matt Milano, who I think is one of the best cover linebackers in the league, super athletic, sideline to sideline, can guard your tight end. I think this screams the Travis Kelsey game. And I think the Chiefs will better run the ball as well up front and be very physical and kind of um, lean on that like they did the past couple weeks. So I think those two things from the offensive standpoint for the Chiefs stand out to me. And obviously, which team takes care of the ball? I think both teams are pretty evenly matched. I really truly believe that. So which team in the turnover category? No, just over, just evenly matches overall. Like as I team. was about to say, because Josh still has been kind of light with the ball. And oh, yeah, and I yeah, were yeah. kind of talking about this before before you hopped on. Like Buffalo could have put that game away well before they did. It was it was twenty one nothing, and then they let up seventeen unanswered. If mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken, yeah. yeah. Like Buffalo, the last two weeks, if you include and credit to you, this is something you said earlier in the show, like teams have been playing playoff football for a while. Like that Miami game at in week 18, the last game of the regular season on, on NBC, like that was essentially a playoff game. Yeah. I mean, they were going to be in, but they wanted to win the division and they wanted to have what's going to happen right now, which is they wanted to be in a situation where Patrick Mahomes has to come to them this time. You know, they don't, they don't, they don't have to go to Arrowhead anymore. Yeah. hundred percent. And but not to mention that's kind of goes to my point about the Pittsburgh game. Pittsburgh gave them a couple of freebies. Uh, George Pickens fumbled in their own territory, like at the yeah. twenty yard line. He basically, gave Buffalo a free touchdown. And then Mason Rudolph threw a pick in the end zone, second and goal at the four yard line. I don't know why they were even passing in that situation. So you could make the argument that Pittsburgh it should have been a lot closer if they didn't shoot themselves in the foot in those two turnovers. So I say all that to say this. I do think this is great for Patrick Mahomes, though, because we always see the legend. Why is it great? No, no, no. Why is it great for Patrick this is Mahomes? great for his legacy because oh, God. it's been the question. And, you know, all the greats in any sport, they always have these moments where they go on the road in a hostile environment, Aaron, 80,000 people yelling at you, screaming at you, and you just rip their hearts out. I mean, what better way would it be for after the Kadarius Tony game, you know, uh, Josh Allen's been coming to your crib, albeit in the regular season, and just three and one against Mahomes in the regular season, Josh Allen is. Beating you like a pulp in Arrowhead in the regular season, but still beating you to go into Orchard Park in front of Bill's Mafia, Aaron, and just rip their hearts out. Because all week you're going to hear about how this is Mahomes' first road playoff game. I don't know if he can handle it. Kadarius Tony last game. Man, that was crazy. That's going to be all the narratives and all those type of things are going to be building up. And the Chiefs are an underdog. Mahomes is an underdog. <laughs> I know it's on the road, but I'm just saying, like, I, I think it's setting up really nicely for a Patrick Mahomes game. I really believe that. 
Let's give a couple Patrick Mahomes numbers before we head off to Vegas. We'll be kind of light on our preview as we have a lot of voicemails on the backhand side. Uh, one of those don't take it for granted start uh, stats. Mark Gunnels Mahomes now has the eighth most postseason victories by a quarterback in league history already. Eighth most. He's top ten playoff victories already after beating the Dolphins. Uh, another Kansas City has now won thirteen playoff games under Andy Reid. They had 22 playoff wins before Andy Reid. <laughs> 22 playoff wins is a break. <laughs> Andy Reid has 13 since he's been here. Kansas City has won one postseason game in the last six years. Before this, they had won a playoff game in a total of six individual seasons. Wow. Don't take it for granted. You're watching greatness. And according to Mark Gunnels, you're about to witness one of those all-time storybook moments. I mean, like, you were just di- – you. You should write like a Disney book or something. Why are you saying it's fiction? Is that what you're, trying you're, to just, say? you're you're dreaming in fairy tales and wow, uh, setting up wormholes. <laughs> man, man, that's a very deplete, de- depleted defense right now. And not to mention, you know how we were talking about how the Chiefs were having the rest disadvantage the back half of the season. Well, yeah, now they not, have the now they get the get one. back. Not in this one, buddy. He played on Saturday, and the Bills, because they got pushed back, played on Monday, and they got a lot of injuries. That's a big advantage for the Chiefs this time of year. It's a little too early in the week for me to pick the game, but let's head off to Vegas. Place your bets. Oh, there it is. There it is. Two touchdowns. Win by at least first. Let's go to Vegas with Mark. <laughs> I was trying to teach Harold how to do that at the game to stay warm. You know, oh, wow. what, what is what is that called? What is, uh, what is that? You rice did like the. I'm not sure what that's called. Actually, you should know we're that. Old. Georgia. <laughs> Yo, we're old. It's, oh my God. <laughs> it's officially over. We're back in Vegas. I want to give Mark Gunnels his flowers because over the last two weeks, he's perfect. Four and zero oh over the last two weeks, including a perfect three and a oh week last week. He took the under on Tyreek Hill's receiving yards, 85 and a half. That was a hit. Tyreek Hill finished with 62 yards, I believe. Yeah, he's somewhere in there. I know he didn't hit the over. <laughs> <laughs> under 44 on the total points. 26 to 7 was the final. And Chiefs were four-point favorites. That one cleared easily. So 3-0 week for Mark Gunnels in the Super Wild Card round. 4-0 the last two weeks. He's feeling good. He's feeling confident. He can see 500. Do you have three plays for us this week, Mark? Or is it a little? Uh, I'm sticking with three. I'm sticking with three. three. Three plays for Mark Gunnels this week ahead of the AFC Divisional round. First road playoff game for Patrick Mahomes. Mark Gunnels, take it away. Yeah, so I mentioned about the Bills' defense being depleted in the middle of the field, so probably no surprise where I'm going on this one. Mahomes over on passing yards at 260 and a half. I looked at the weather report. seems to be pretty clear weather out there at Orchard Park on Sunday, about 25 degrees, sunny, no elements at all, so just cold, but the Chiefs just played in negative temperature, so 25 should feel like summer to them. So I think they'll better sling the ball around the field. And with the Bills, they play a lot of zone. I think they'll find a lot of soft spots in there. And, yeah, I love this play a lot. So Mahomes over 260 and a half. And then another player prop. I'm going to keep doing this until it doesn't hit, man. I should have been doing this earlier. Taking the under on Stephon Diggs receiving yards. 
It's at 63 and a half. Last time he played, the Chiefs only had 24 yards. And ever since they switched offensive coordinators, he hasn't been involved as much for some odd reason in that's in their offense. And you know, you're seeing a little frustration from him, but they've been winning games, so he can't be too much of a diva because they're still winning, right? So I love that number a lot. Uh, Sneed just continues to lock up number one receivers week in and week out. So until it doesn't hit, I'm just going to keep doing that. It's going to be a staple play from this point on as long as the Chiefs keep moving on with their season. So you got that. And then Chiefs money line, baby. Forget the spread. Get that plus money. Let's 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 be a little risky here. Now the spread is only two and a half. Why not take it? Take it all the way, man. Chiefs win the game. You can get it right now, plus money on, on any sports book you like. I just think anytime you got Mahomes as an underdog, road or at home, you got to take it, man, because it's very, very rare that he's an underdog and the Chiefs are underdogs in general. And I just really think first road playoff game, like I said, you're going to see a Mahomes master class. So those are my three plays. Mahomes over on passing yards at 260 and a half. Stefan Diggs under receiving yards at 63 and a half and Chiefs straight up winners on the money line. I really like this. I really like this ticket. I can't even hate on it. <laughs> you want to hate so bad. <laughs> I think I think you actually I mean, it took you to damn near week 20, <laughs> the divisional round. But Mark Gunnels is finally cooking up some winners. Ironically. Our first voicemail from Sam in Atlanta. Uh, he He's confident about some plays, too. He's been listening to your Vegas selection, Sam in Atlanta. What's up? Mark, Aaron, fellas, what's good? This is Sam in Atlanta calling. Uh, first, Aaron, when you're in uh, Atlanta, what's your spot for watching Chiefs games, man? Would love to, to meet up and, and build uh, Chiefs Nation here in the ATL. Um, as for this week's game, guys, um, I'm feeling good. I got us by 10 over the Bills. That's because this defense – is on the rise, and it's the best in the league. Pat knows how to play ball in this new offense, not making mistakes, and we got an up-and-comer in Rasheed. So mark it, fellas. Um, we can even uh, bet the house on it. Uh, Chiefs by 10 this weekend over the Bills in Orchard Park. Go Chiefs. Bet the house Sam on it. Yeah. yeah. Sam in Atlanta is betting the house on a 10-point Chiefs win in the AFC Divisional Round. Uh, that was a really cool voicemail. I, I want to start by saying I've never watched a Chiefs game outside of really like working. I don't like I usually I, there have been like few and far between times when I've gone to like a bar and maybe watched a Chiefs game. But I've never been in Atlanta and watched the Chiefs. game. I do uh, know for a fact there, there is a Chiefs bar in Atlanta. I don't know what it's called, but I do have a homie that lives down there and said there's a Chiefs bar down there. But I forgot the name. So I'll get that for you. Uh, it's cool to know that there are some, I mean, hell, they don't have a professional football team in Atlanta. So it, it, I'm glad that the other people in that you area. You'd rather, you rather get Belichick. They just interviewed him. He interviewed, he interviewed them. <laughs> <laughs> not, not the other way around. What's our next um, question? You didn't even respond to what he said. Chiefs by 10. Are you that confident? Um, I, I can see that actually. I can see she's been my mm. sports. I really can. I like I said, man. Short week, a lot of injuries. Josh Allen's turnover prone. He's gonna give you one or two. Well, I'll at least say this: he's gonna give you opportunities to to get one or two. 
Now, will you catch him or not is the thing. But he's going to give you at least one or two inter- interceptable passes. So I I can see it, man. I can see. I'm not trying to be too over my skis here because it's kind of scary how confident I am about this game. <laughs> you don't think you think I shouldn't be? But I just got a, a good feeling about this game, Aaron. I just really do. Legereus needs since week 15, 23 targets, 10 receptions. 87 yards allowed, four forced incompletions, and a 54.1 passer rating when being targeted. Uh, our next our next voicemail is some divisional round trash talk. Let's hear this. <laughs> Josh Allen and the Bills, you guys tried everything in your power to avoid the inevitable. You tried to get the rules changed last year, the other year, or whatever, in overtime. You know, you know, have the game rescheduled for a little bit of snow, you know, raggedy, unserious franchise having the fans go out there and dig out their own seats. Pathetic. But listen, it doesn't matter. Because it all in Sunday. Okay? The Grim Reaper is showing up to Buffalo, and we leaving with all the tables, the wings, the ketchup, and must put all that, put all my shit up until next year. The only thing that y'all are going to remember after this season is that the only thing your quarterback accomplished in the offseason after this whole year was being on the cover of that. We will see you on Sunday. Rest in piss. <laughs> no name attached to that one. <laughs> I no name why. attached to that one. I wonder why. <laughs> hey, uh, the... Speaking of that was group, just like kind of theatrical. He was like evil villain laughing. Like he yeah. started with an evil laugh. It was like, I can we push back? Can I push back on a little bit of the confidence really quickly? I know we're at the end of the show, but yeah. like Miami is not a great team, especially the Miami that showed up. And then you throw the weather on top of that. Like we were all expecting KC to do what they did. I, I, I appreciate that there is like a renewed confidence in the Chiefs again. I think a lot of it has to do with offensively how well they move the balls with the ball within the 20. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Clip that. I got you. Yeah. Clip that, sir. Hey, yo. Yeah. I think a lot of the confidence has to do with how well Kansas City played within the 220 yard lines. But I, I I don't think that all is right still. Gosh, the chat is just gonna light me up on that one. I don't know. I, I I'm glad that KC has gained some confidence from that, but uh, it doesn't really change how I feel about some of their flaws. So I know you said it's too early for you to pick, but it sounds like you're leaning Buffalo as of right now. This is a pick 'em to me. This is a straight up pick 'em. I gotta see the practice reports. I'm going to be in the practice facility on Wednesday and Thursday this week. And I really want to see and talk to and get a feel and see like I, another one. Uh, and then we shouldn't have saved this to the end of the episode. But like if Wanya can go this week, do you plug him back in for Donovan Smith or do you let Donovan Smith rock? Nah, you got to ride with Donovan Smith. Mm. You got to ride with Donovan, man. He played the playoff game. He's a veteran. I don't think you play around with that no more at this point. Our, ironically, our last voicemail for today is about the other tackle position. Any chance we could put Lucas Nyang in, in the second half? Because watching Jawan Taylor is just disgusting. I'm guessing that was a halftime voicemail. Yeah, he wanted that that change 
in the game on, on Saturday. Um, Upon further review, he got pushed in the back, which then he made him push somebody else in the back. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't know all the numbers and the PFF grades and stuff like that. I just know my eye test. I didn't think Joanna was that. I didn't think it was bad Saturday. I thought the line in general played pretty good. I mean, you know, ironically, the PFF numbers are pretty good for, for Taylor. I think it's just oh, okay. I think it's literally just the penalty. I think it's just at this point, it, it, it's like Josh Allen. You pencil him in for one turnover. You can pencil Jawan Taylor in for one penalty a game, essentially. You just yeah. hope that it doesn't end a drive. Yeah, and it, I guess his get magnified more because all his penalties seem to be like in big moments or like in a crucial part of the game. So like it doesn't look like a normal penalty when he does it for some reason. So, but I think all in all the line was really good Saturday. I mean, Mahomes was patting the ball three or four times, and he wasn't running around like he was in that Raiders game on Christmas at all, really. So, I mean, granted, you were going against. Uh, Pass rushers in their 40s, you know, like Justin Houston and Melvin Ingram and guys like that. But, you know, we'll see how they do on Saturday. I mean, on Sunday. No more voicemails. One last question from the chat before we get out of here. How do you feel about Harbaugh to the Bolts? I think it'll be a good move for them. Uh, I'm not sure if they're willing to pay the money that he's going to desire. Because, you know, the charges can be kind of cheap at times with that ownership group. But, I mean, obviously, as a Chiefs fan, you don't want them to get better. But just speaking of, from an objective standpoint, I think that would be a, a slam dunk hire for them. You can speak from an objective standpoint. Have you ever done that before? Yeah, I always do that. I'm objective on this show every, every, every week. <laughs> of the two people here, you are certainly not the objective one. Sure, whatever. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's our divisional round preview. We will be back Tuesday at 5.30, whether it's a win or a loss. We'll be previewing the um, AFC Championship next week. You're betting the house on it? I'm not doing that. I'm not jinxing my, my team again. I'm not Bet the house on it. I, I, would be, I, I'm not, I would be a bad fan if I said that again. You just called yourself objective 30 seconds ago. I am yourself a fan. I'm objective, but I'm still a Chiefs fan. I could be I could you could do both. You could be a fan and be objective. You don't think you can? I'm a Royals fan. I'm not saying the Royals are going to the World Series. You are not a Royals fan. I am a You're not a Royals fan. Royals fan. I am. Name three Royals pitchers right now. Bruh. All right, see you next week, man. <laughs> <laughs>